0: Good morning, and welcome to Uncle Paul's Jazz Closet. This is your host, Cindy McGurl. Uh, we just heard Birth, a uh, Keith Jarrett composition, from um, recorded in 1971 from the album Birth on Atlantic Records. Um, that version is on the uh, Box Set Foundations, which is the Keith Jarrett anthology. Um, that was Keith Jarrett on piano and vocal, Charlie Hayden on bass, Paul Modian on drums, and Dewey Redman on tenor saxophone. And today I'm kind of featuring 1970. I've got some stuff that um, is around that time, not exactly that time, but um, I found Paul wrote some music for film, and um, I've got some um, reel-to-reel stuff that, um, from an art film that he did. Um, for Stan Vanderbeek, it's called Poem Field Number no. Two, and I'm going to play that a little later. So that was kind of my starting point. So in the ni- in 1970, Paul was still touring quite a bit with Arlo Guthrie and Mose Allison, and he was also playing and recording with Keith Jarrett and Charlie Hayden, among others. Um, you know, he was his usual busy self. Um, so next up i'm going to play the song for che from the liberation music orchestra and this was recorded in 1969 and last week i played this song the version that's on paul's album tribute so i wanted to play this one too but i didn't have time so it's a nice nine minute and 30 second song so give it a listen Song for Che, a Charlie Hayden composition from 1969's Liberation Music Orchestra on Impulse Records. And um, that was Paul Modian on drums and percussion, Charlie Hayden on bass, Carla Blay on piano, Sam Brown on guitar, and and then uh, quite a large horn section, Bob Northern, Roswell Rudd, Michael Mantler, Don Cherry. Dewey Redmond, Gato Barberi, and Perry Robinson. Pretty different from the version on Tribute. Um, so uh, I think thats it's pretty neat. They're both really good. So um, I think I forgot to thank my sponsor at the top of the hour. My sponsor for Uncle Paul's Jazz Closet is the Camden Conference. And th- thank you to them for sponsoring the show and getting it on the air. So I have a reading from Paul's autobiography. It's titled Video and Film. So um, this art film, it's called Poem Field Number Two, is part of a series of seven or eight um, films that Stan Vanderbeek made. Uh, sort of, I think, under a grant for AT&T because the, the it's up on some of it's up on YouTube in the AT&T archive, and he sort of uses this computer imagery. Um, but in an art film kind of way, and he was the first one to use computer, the computers like that. So he was pretty influential. The film uh, itself is dated 1966, but Paul wrote the music in 1970. So um, here's what Paul has to say about it. Video and film. In the spring of 1970, I had the opportunity to create music for film. Stan Vanderbeek, 1927-1984, a brilliant experimental video and filmmaker, asked me to write some music for two of his projects. I had seen his work on exhibit at a museum in New York and thought I could invent music that would be compatible. This was something new for me. I thought this would open up some opportunities for me to write music, something I hadn't thought about before. I wrote and arranged the music for a trio with David Isenson playing bass and Carl Berger on vibraphone. We had a couple of rehearsals and recorded the music at a Midtown studio. Stan liked the music and used it in his video pieces which were titled Moirage and Pomefield No. 2. Stan Vanderbeek passed away a few years later and I don't know if he ever used the finished pieces or whatever became of them. I liked the results of the final version of the videos. The music I created seemed to fit Stan's visuals. His video and film experiments were new at that time, and I'm sure he influenced a lot of filmmakers. I was quite happy and proud to be connected with his work. Um, yeah, so in Paul's archive I have, actually there's quite a few different film versions of Poemfield, there's like, The early unedited ones and the finished one, um, I haven't um, had them looked at yet, but they look like they're in pretty good condition, so I'm going to work on getting those, um, I don't know, transferred maybe to digital and preserved. But I got the music from YouTube separately, and I'm going to play that next, and I think it stands on its own. So um, here we go with uh, poem field number two. (laughs) And uh, there you have poem field number two. Uh, it's what I believe to be the first composition uh, Paul Modian ever wrote. And it was for an art film by Stan Vanderbeek. And you can go on YouTube um, if you put in poem field number two. You can watch it while, um, while you listen. And it's from the at t archive. The music was written in 1970. Carl Berger on vibraphone, David Isenson on bass, and Paul Modian on drums. And I want to remind you that you are listening to WRFR, Community Radio, 93.3 Rockland, Maine, and online at www.wrfr.org. And um, the studio phone is 5930013. I think I understand how to answer it now. So... Um, call during music only, though. If you have questions or comments, um, you can also go to the Facebook page. Um, so Carl Berger um, is involved with Creative Music Studios. And if you remember, I played a um, a bunch of music from a cassette recording that Paul had done there. Um, with David Isinson and Charles Brackeen. So it's in upstate New York, and it's kind of like a workshop place where people go to play and study, and um, they help initiate some creative music. So it's still a thing. And um, last uh, in 2014, last year, they came out with a CD called Creative Music Studio Archive Selections Volume 1, and they are going to release a volume two, and they're going to put some of that music um, from the Creative Music Studios recording on it. So that's pretty exciting. But I do, um, I want to play, I'm going to play a bunch from uh, volume one because um, there's the David Isntzen Trio. And uh, David Isntzen didn't really record that much. And he uh, he passed away pretty shortly after this was recorded. Um, because it was recorded in 1977. And this is uh, David Isensen on bass, Carl Berger on piano. And um, it's called Child of the Night. And it's um, a composition by David Isensen.
1: I am a leaf today.
2: Child of the Night waits to be seen, the Child of the Night waits to be seen, the Child of the Night waits to be seen, the Child of the Night waits to be seen.
0: Child, child of the Night, a composition um, by David Isenson, recorded in 1977 for, at Creative Music Studios in upstate New York from their CD Archive Collection Volume 1. David Isinson on bass, Ingrid Surtso on vocals, and Carl Berger on Vibes. And that was from nineteen seventy-seven. And before that we heard the Liberation Music Orchestra with Charlie Hayden. That was Circus 6869, a nineteen sixty nine impulse release. And at the top of the set, um it was a, a tune called A Leaf for Today from Creative Music Studios. Um I said the wrong title there. And um, so I first found the poem field, the composition, when I was organizing Paul's written music. And I really couldn't figure out what it was. And I've posted it on both uh, the Facebook page today and also on the um, Jazz Closet blog spot page. So I'm curious um, what musicians think about that. It doesn't look like your usual written music, and it sort of goes along with the film, I guess. Um, but if people want to comment, um, you know, I'm totally open to comments. People comment a lot less than I thought they would. Um, and I asked Carl Berger about Pomefield when I, first I found the composition only, and I asked Carl Berger about it cause I saw his name on it and he said he didn't remember. Um, and then I found the, uh, reel to reel tape later. And I thought I searched and I couldn't find anything online about it, but then I searched again recently and, and it did come up on YouTube under the at and archives. So it's pretty neat how stuff all comes together. So I'm going to play some more tunes from both the Liberation Music Orchestra and the Creative Music Studios uh, CD. And we're going to start off with the ending to the first side from the Liberation Music Orchestra. Bye. Nice little set there, going from uh, Charlie Hayden's Liberation Music Orchestra from 1969 to the Creative Music Studios Archive Collection Volume One. Um, I couldn't resist putting in um, Charles uh, Brackeen and Ed Blackwell there. That was uh, an untitled song that they played that they recorded in 1977. Um, And before that, we heard Song of the United Front by Charlie Hayden and then uh, May Day in there by David Isenson. I assume that's his voice. And uh, he passed away in 1979, unfortunately, and that was recorded in 1977. And at the top of the set, we heard the ending To the First Side by Charlie Hayden and his Liberation Music Orchestra. And uh, stay tuned for the second hour. Welcome back to the second hour of Uncle Paul's Jazz Closet and um, I want to thank my sponsor, the Camden Conference. The studio phone is 5930013 if you have questions or comments. Um, I'm going to read a little short thing that Paul wrote. Susan had moved in with me and we were now living together on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. She was involved with different film projects and traveled often. So um, that's Paul's girlfriend, and she was a film editor. And that's kind of so he also, Paul says in his notebook at the end of 1970, I lived in L.A. for three months, and he had that connection through her because she was working out there, and he went back and forth and stayed with her. So um, he had some real West Coast playing and influences there. And I'm going to start off the set for the second hour with Life Between the Exit Signs, a Keith Jarrett composition from the uh, album of the same title recorded in 1967. between the exit signs by Keith Jarrett and that was Keith Jarrett on piano Charlie Hayden on bass and Paul Modian on drums um, in their first uh, release as a trio 1968 that came out recorded in 1967 so um, Paul also did some other work on film I'm gonna read um, from his autobiography and then play a little bit of a film trailer Susan began working with another filmmaker, a well-known documentary filmmaker named Peter Watkins. She was involved with the production of his film Punishment Park, and Los Angeles became home base for her. I had some time off and stayed in Los Angeles when I could. I was to spend a lot of time in L.A. now that she was based there. Punishment Park was filmed in the desert. The area was called Mirage Lake in Victorville, California, Lots of films were shot there, westerns especially, and science fiction. I like the desert, and I can understand why that particular area is called Mirage Lake. It seemed unholy, yet holy and peaceful. The nights were beautiful. The sky was so very clear. A mirage would be easy to experience. The director, Peter Watkins, asked me to take still photographs during the shooting of the film, and I was pleasantly surprised later, and honored when he asked me to record some music for the film. I didn't have that kind of music writing experience, but wanted to try it now that I had the chance. It was a grand and unexpected opportunity for me. The music room at the University of California was made available to me, and I recorded many different sounds using percussion instruments, mallets on piano strings, brushes on the snare drum, and various gongs and instruments from Bali. Very little of what I recorded was used in the final film. Only a few hits and some snare drum rolls. Hardly noticeable at all, but at least I gained the experience of working on film music. So I'm going to play you a little trailer for the film. And um, you can hear the percussion. And, uh, but there's also a lot of speaking. You can get the idea of what the film is about. So give a listen.
2: Under the provisions of Title II of the 1950 Internal Security Act, also known as the McCarran Act, the President of the United States of America is still authorized, without further approval by Congress, to determine an event of insurrection within the United States and to declare the existence of an internal security emergency. The president is then authorized to apprehend and detain each person as to whom there is reasonable ground to believe probably will engage in certain future acts of sabotage. How many
1: children have you killed? Who's dying right now? Do you, you send those kids out there. Nancy's... I sent oh, those on. kids out there. Who's dying? Who's dead? that oh, was
2: sitting God. right here. Oh, you fuckers! You fuckers! You shit!
0: There you have uh, Paul Modian's Percussion, part of it anyway, for the film Punishment Park. Written in 1970. I think the movie came out in 71. Um, I have a little bit more to read. I met many actors and directors and interesting people that were involved in film, a different world than the music world that I was used to. The filmmaker, Robert Aldrich, invited Susan and I in the very talented camerawoman from Punishment Park, Joan Churchill, to his private screening room to view one of his films that he thought would be a good companion piece with Punishment Park. It wasn't. I didn't know what Mr. Aldrich was thinking. The film he showed us was a crime melodrama and not a very good movie. I was more impressed with the screening room and, of course, Mr. Aldrich, who was a famous filmmaker and director. Anyway, it was an interesting afternoon in Hollywood. So um, I think Punishment Park is fairly available um, to watch. If you've never seen it, it's, uh, you should check it out. It's, um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting film. Um, next up, I have Pouts Over and The Day's Not Through from Somewhere Before, live at Shelley's Manhole with Keith Jarrett, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Modian. <laughs> was long ago and far away, Jerome Kern and T.B. Harms' composition, Paul Blay on piano, Gary Peacock on bass, and Paul Modian on drums. And that album is simply titled Paul Blay with Gary Peacock, uh, released in 1970 on ECM Records, um, but recorded way back in 1963. I guess, you know, they were definitely ahead of their time there. And before that, we heard Pouts Over on Atlantic Records somewhere before, live at Shelly's Manhole with Keith Jarrett, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Modian. I want to remind you that you are listening to WRFR, Community Radio in Rockland, Maine, locally at 93.3 FM and online at wrfr.org. And um, we are streaming there, if you can. And I also have a podcast for this show that you can listen to. Um, so I was pretty excited when I was doing some research for this show I came across something that I'd been looking for before. If you remember I posted a picture postcard um, that was for a Hawaii hotel on the Waikiki Beach and um, it said uh, Paul and Arlo and, and it kind of looks like them in the picture. I don't think it's really them in the picture but And I I kind—I tried to research if Paul ever played there with Arlo, and I couldn't find anything. But now I found this typed note, um, Impulse Computer. So I think it's from an early version of his autobiography. That summer, I went on tour again with Arlo Guthrie. The band was again with John Pilla on guitar and a new bass player, Gary Walters. We went to Hawaii. We spent four or five days on the island of Kauai at Hanalei Plantation, which wasn't a plantation at all but a hotel. We only played one concert, and that was at the Bandshell near Waikiki Beach in Honolulu. When we were vacationing on Kauai, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sorry. Arlo invited me to go marlin fishing with him and some friends. I hadn't done anything like that before, and thought it would be fun. I got up early that morning, had a big breakfast of eggs and bacon, and brought a book with me to read while the others concentrated on catching a big fish. We were on a beautiful large boat, and I was looking forward to an enjoyable day. A few minutes after we left the dock, I got violently ill. I started throwing up. I thought the others would have pity on me and turn back, but they wouldn't hear of it. I had my head over the side of the boat. I was miserable. I cursed everybody out. Why didn't they turn back? How long was I to endure this beep? I heard the very loud snap of the fishing pole. Arlo had caught a large marlin. The excitement changed me completely. I wasn't sick any more. It took quite a long time before Arlo reeled in the marlin. It was big, and I was happy knowing we would return to shore before long. As the shoreline approached, I couldn't wait to get off that beeping boat, and it took forever before we landed. Arlo gave the marlin to the hotel restaurant, and I swore I would never get on a boat like that again, especially after a greasy bacon and eggs breakfast. (laughs) So I feel like I have solved a mystery there. (laughs) So um, Paul did play with Arlo for quite a bit, did a lot of tours and stuff, but he didn't record with him all that much. Um, there he Paul does note on his autobiography that there's an album called Live at the Troubadour out on Reprise Records, but I think they didn't release it. If anybody knows anything about that, let me know. But I am gonna play um, an Arlo Guthrie tune from 1970, which was around this time that Paul's talking about going to Hawaii. That album is called Washington County, and um, Paul isn't an on the drums. Uh, Richard, Richard, John. Richard Hayward is the drummer. I've never heard of him, but um, this is called the Fence Post Blues. So just to give you an idea of the kind of music Paul was playing with Arlo. That was another cut from Paul Blais with Gary Peacock, with Paul Modian on the drums. And um, that was Getting Started, a Paul Blais composition. That album was released on ECM in 1970, but recorded in 1963. And before that, we heard Fence Post Blues by Arlo Guthrie from the album Washington County um, on Rising Sun Records in from 1970. And that's Arlo Guthrie, Hoyt Axton, Rye Cooter, Doug Dillard, Chris Etheridge, Richard Hayward, John Pilla, Gary Walters, and Clarence White. Um, Next up, I have the LP, The Morning of a Star, uh, which is a Keith Jarrett album with Charlie Hayden and Paul Modian. And this is a Joni Mitchell tune, All I Want. we That was Keith Jarrett, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Modian from the 1971 Atlantic release The Morning of a Star, the song Sympathy. And at the top of the set, we heard All I Want, a Joni Mitchell tune from the same album. And in between, we heard Somewhere Before, Live at Shelley's Manhole, that's in uh, Los Angeles. And this tune was New Rag. That was uh, released in 1969 on Atlantic. With the same trio um, i want to remind you that there will be no show next week it's the last friday of the month and if you have comments suggestions or questions you can check out jazzcloset.blogspot.com and i'll put some links up um, to the poem field video and um, also to Kahlberger's creative music foundation thank you for listening and to take us to the top of the hour i'm going to play spirit which uh, originally was on the album Birth, a 1971 recording um, with the same trio, but including Dewey Redman. and this is from the Foundations Anthology.